0: What is up ladies and gentlemen, it is your boy DJ Stash, aka JC, aka the host of the motherfucking podcast Today's episode is episode 18 on Topics on the Pod Today's episode, we're going to be covering pretty much a few topics, I mean we're going to continue on the uh, This should be the, this is going to be the part 4 of the top 100 anime series from IGN This will be the last part of it, so we're gonna get done with that big series. This is a, it was been a whole big, almost like a marathon, man. This like it took four episodes for, to get this done. So I can tell y'all this will be the end of it for sure. And we're also gonna recap on the this polling last Sunday, the TLC, the WWE TLC twenty eighteen, and we're gonna talk just a few more things in between. So okay, thanks on a wrap. I'm coming to you live here in my lunchroom's apartment in central texas it is currently uh december 22nd at around 4 a.m you know just so i usually get to have time to do my podcast because you know i do my actual other gimmick job which i you know get in the afternoon it's you know typical, it's like eight hour shift to that job it's four thirty to uh, 1 a.m so you know it's green when i'm uh, awake right now uh you know, I got my apartment, I got a good tripod, so I'm doing that, using that now for my YouTube videos, which, you know, you can check that out if you're into my uh, videos, such as food reviews, concerts, whatnot, you know, I put that in my link, as I do every episode on topics on the pod, but yeah, uh, a lot of the things has been going on, you know, I always, if you know, you're a fan of the show, you know, I usually talk about the news, let me, uh, let me get a sip of my water here, <sighs> yeah, all right. Talk about a few, tw- few topics, up, uh, but I mean it's I'm pretty sure most of y'all probably knowing politic-wise, you know in the politic wise, you the government some of the government shutdowns been going on. I know it's a big thing. Which I didn't even know, like apparently this is the government shutdown already the third time this year. So as currently I think as of midnight as I recorded this, the government's already shut down, so we're just gonna see where that goes. I was gonna see if I can see more into it, I haven't pulled it up. I'm just I have I'm on the Google news right now, but uh, yeah, this is, a, this is a big headline right now, the top stories. I'm gonna refresh, make sure. Yeah, it's still on the headline of top stories from uh, CBS News. So, let's see what they gotta say about that. Because I'm, I'm intrigued about this myself. There's a, uh, there's a video about it. Let's see how long this article is. Mm, yeah, I knew. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'll just read the article about this. This coming up from a. Uh, C- CBS and news, I believe. Article. Yeah, CBS news. Uh, it's saying uh, the government partially or part, uh, it's partially, partially, and it says shut down Saturday at midnight after the, oh, okay. Oh, the, yeah, Saturday, yeah. I was saying at midnight. Uh, after the uh, House, <coughs> House the Senate failed to pass a spending bill. President Trump had insisted he would not sign any spending bill that did not include $5 billion, pretty much $5 billion for the border wall. So he wants to get that wall. Uh, saying the portal shutdown won't have much effect on your holiday plans. The post office will stay open. So gift and holiday card uh, stragglers can still put them in the mail. The uh, Transportation Security Administration, TSA agents would still work. And air travel would continue virtually unaffected. Uh, saying the government employees who were considered essential, such as Secret Service agents and Custer and Border Patrol agents and U.S. troops deployed the border, would still be working. They will eventually get paid for the days they worked during the shutdown, but they won't be paid until after it ends. It says funding that expired at midnight Saturday covers the Department of Homeland Security, the Justice Department, the State Department, and Interior Department, and Department of Agriculture and Department of Housing and Urban Development, uh, among some other federal. Uh, entities or entities uh, saying the Office of Management and Budget, the office still run by incoming uh, acting White House Chief of Staff Mick uh, Marvini I believe how you pronounce his name, says that issued guidance to each agency and each agency would develop its own shutdown plan. Uh, federal agencies must halt all non essential. Uh, Discriminatory work and so-called non-essential employees must stay home until new funding legislation is signed into law. <laughs> and there's even no the tweet with it. Get you some know, here. All right. It says uh, Trump says shutdown will last a very long time. It says Mr. Trump tweeted a shutdown could last a long time if it happens. It says, but White House press secretary Sarah Sanders offered no details Friday morning. As to how long a very long time could be. <laughs> it's saying like a, has like a screenshot here of Donald Trump's tweet from 6:24 uh, a.m. December 21st. Uh, it's saying the Democrats, who's voted, we need the Senate will probably vote against border security and the wall, even though they know it's desperately needed. Yeah, it's all capital. Uh, it says if the Dems. Pretty much, the Democrats vote no. There will be a shutdown that will last for a very long time. People don't, don't want open borders and crime, as work Now, see, uh, I want to try this kind of podcast. I don't want to get you know bit too political and religion into this kind of podcast. But I'm just saying, I'm just gonna say, I'm I'm for the wall. I mean, like I always, think I'm like you know, I understand you're the right people that want to you know get out of the, uh, a worse economy than there are in Mexico. But I mean you gotta think of it our time to win mean, the law is a secure place for a reason. You know what I mean? If I say try to go to Canada right now without, you know, the proper work, I couldn't do it, you know what I mean? So we have to follow the same rules. So do I you know, I don't know the whole, you know, spending aspect for this wall and everything, but you know, I do support border security. Considering I did work for the oil field for two years security wise. And that was uh, an hour from Laredo, from the Mexican border itself. I do have some kind of field estimation about that. So, uh, as political wise, I am—I don't know about you know how much spinning for this is, but I am supportive of border patrol or border security, why not? So, if it takes this wall, then let's have it. But anyway,s I'm gonna get off a political high horse and uh, let's move on to another topic. Let's see it. We'll get in we'll get into uh let's get into code entertainment you know, news and then we'll move on to the uh the TLC review. So we'll get to here. Let's see what's going on in entertainment. Uh it's all about Car V. Trina, nah. Let's see what's going on. Oh, yeah, Aquaman came out today or yesterday. Let's see. Cheers, Bird. Hmm. Don't want General Lopez. So much really going on for the entertainment-wise, is really what to talk about. It's a lot. lot What about Cardi B? I don't know. Uh, let's go to let's try the world news. This isn't too political. Nah, no, not really. I don't know. That's pretty much the big news. Was uh, the border control? Uh, I think we're just gonna, you know, I think we'll just leave it at that. I think we'll just get into the uh, the TLC review. It's more fun, to respect anyway, than the news. Uh, I'll go back on the Wikipedia. Uh, I did tally up. I did listen back to my predictions last week, which you can you know, you can check that out. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I'm not comparing the scores from the uh, the last predictions I did with uh, Laz on the uh, Survivor Series, but I'm pretty sure I did better than this. Well, there was one matches in this one too in the Survivor Series, I believe, because in this uh, pay per view uh, there was twelve matches. And I got uh, nine of them right. So we got, so we know, I'm um, just reading back the results of Wikipedia, so they changed the match. So it started with number one, or the first was uh, Buddy Murphy defeated uh, Cedric Alexandria. Or Alexandria, I'm sorry, Alexandria, my bad. <laughs> Make a in last name, which would be nothing wrong with that, but I mean, don't want to butcher your name, butcher his name. Uh this match lasted uh ten minutes and thirty five seconds. I was thinking like it's corner off this from Wikipedia. Uh I'm looking at all my notes. Yeah, uh I got that one wrong. So I thought uh <clears throat> I thought Buddy Mo- or Cindric was gonna take this title. Uh I thought it was a pretty good entertaining match. I mean since you know, I was saying the in the predictions I don't really follow the 205 live. The only times I really watch is pretty much the pay per view, and pretty much <laughs> the only matches they have for the 205 live on pay per views is they actually just a cruiserweight match majority of the time. But uh, you know that's when they put on their damnest best, pretty much like they want to like like prove like you know they're they're here to they're here for you to watch. So uh, it's definitely a great. I definitely enjoyed that match for sure. Uh, then the next one we had uh, Elias. Defeated Bobby Lashley with uh, Leo Rush, which I don't know last week the prediction. I could not remember that dude's name, so now I know his name, his name is Leo Rush. Uh, marker here. Uh, I was right about that match. Uh, I don't know. Me I mean, Elias was a pretty good match. It was kind of a throwaway. It's kind of forgettable, from my opinion. But, I mean, it, you know, it was what it was. Uh, then we had Fabulous Truth, Carmella, and Art Truth. Defeated uh Michalica or McHaley. I still I still can't even from last week's pot I still cannot pronounce this right, but it's it's uh it was at least Fox and General Hall with the Singh Brothers uh by submission. Uh this was a good match too. Uh I was right about this one as well. In the uh predictions. Uh I like to I was, I mean the gimmicks are all right for it. I mean, they both, like, you know, each member of the winning team become the 30th entrance of the, of the res- res- respective Royal Rumble matches of the Royal Rumble, So it's good to know. I guess, I guess they're going to continue on. I guess starting from last year that uh, they're going to have a, you know, a women's Royal Rumble year now. That'd be, it's going to be pretty interesting. I wish I started that at the the one at thirty. You know, the one I actually went to in San Antonio. Then I would have seen two Royal Rumbles. Because I would have loved to see the women's was win, especially how it was last year for the first one. Uh, yeah, that was an entertaining match as well. I mean, it's not some to ride home about. That match was uh, 5 minutes and five 50 seconds, which was the shortest, shortest match in the whole card. Uh, I which which forgot the latter match was uh, 6 minutes and 20 seconds. Uh, and then on the next card on here, it says The Bar, Seamus, or yeah, Seamus and Cesaro defeated The New Day. Which was uh, Kovi and Xavier Woods was in the match. And then there was the, Us- and the Usos. It was a triple threat tag team match for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championship. That match went for 12 minutes and 15 seconds. So yeah, I was right on this one as well. I figured the uh, the bar was going to retain in this current storyline. I did enjoy this, one, this match as well. Everyone had the good high spots. Uh, then we have the fifth match, which was Braun Strowman defeated Baron Corbin. It was in the TLC match, which uh, we knew that you know Strowman won. He received a Universal Championship match with Roman, and Corbin will be stripped of all authority power. But if he had won, he would have been full time general manager of Raw. Which uh, you know you watched that fall in Monday. You know Corbin bitched about you know wanting to still become general manager because it was unfair. Which you know as I'm doing this, you know probably wanted like the last or one of the late reviews for this TLC, but you know, but fuck it. <laughs> it's fucking Saturday and whatever. It's it's still less than a week from the pay per view. Uh, as as you can also look back on my uh, predictions, uh, I did actually think you know because I knew Braun wasn't coming out the whole time of the story since he got jumped by uh, Ziggler and, and Drew on that first Monday Night Raw. You yeah, I did predict he would come out in a sling, and sure enough, you know. You know they did the countdown with uh, Heat Slayer. Heat Slayer was a special guest referee for this match, and then he came out like I don't know, definitely before the ten count. I remember, and he came out in a sling. So I did, did predict that was gonna happen, and then uh, it was pretty. Yeah, you know they, they did good for what it was. I mean, pretty much all the, you know, there's no qualification because it's a TLC. but I just mean? They honestly should have just made this like a no disqualification match, not a t really a TLC match because yeah, it was still entertaining because like uh, all the people that pretty much Baron Corbin did wrong the whole time he was you know we want to call him temporary GM whatever his fucking title was that you want to call it uh, they all came out to the ring and pretty much you know had their way with uh, Baron Corbin, including Heath Slater. Just to get uh, Braun to win. But uh honestly, I think it was just a waste of a TLC match. That they just gonna made like a notice qualification match and then it would have been perfectly fine. But uh this match was sixteen minutes. It was yeah, it was It's good for what it was. I definitely it, it was pretty entertaining. It was a it was a good placement for what it was. And then we had uh Italia versus Ruby Riot in a tables match no, I do remember this match specifically. This was a good match as well. I did predict Natty would win this match. As you know, it was Ruby Riot had her squad with her, leave Morgan and Sarah Logan. It was pretty cool that Natty had like uh she she actually put uh Morgan and Logan like each of her own uh tables and then got to Ruby Riot to put her put her in the table. Which I did like kind of like heel aspect They kept you know bringing up you know Nanny's dad you know he had There was only one call it, like a little wallpaper fat head thing on the table You know they were kind of you know Trying to play that mind games You know what I mean the mind games As they say in the WWE And the wrestling business With Natty, but you know she persevered Overcame And uh, won the match So I did enjoy this match Very well Definitely recommend that match uh, then we had, oh, this match was 12 minutes and 40 seconds. Uh, then we had Finn Balor defeated Drew McIntyre. Uh, and this match went for 12 minutes and 20 seconds. Yeah, this is one of the ones I got wrong because I actually thought uh, uh, like a heel, I was going to pick a heel out of this whole thing and I uh, got wrong on that. But, uh, can't really remember too many too many spots about this match. It was... I would think it's kind of a throwaway. Either I don't really remember too much of this. Yeah, like that's kind of a good thing. For, like you know, this is a week, w- <laughs> almost a week away from this actual pay per view, so it's kind of, kind of actually helps to like you know what actually you know stand out. What didn't? Like, to me, this match did not stand out. So uh, it's definitely not the match or not for me. But I mean, it's good for Finn, I guess. But I mean, I didn't pick this match, so didn't really care. <laughs> then we had. Rey Mysterio defeated Randy Orton in the Chairs match, which I did predict uh, that for a way to win. Uh, this match went for 11 minutes and 30 seconds. Also, you know, the throwaway match, uh, pretty much all I remember is the finish. It was pretty good, right, with a roll-up. And if you know you're a good wrestling connoisseur, which I did listen to the uh, ENC podcast with, uh, who are the review? I don't remember. I don't remember who they interviewed at the time for that match, but anyway, uh, they were talking about you know, that spot with uh, the end with uh, Ray and Randy about how, you know, Randy has to like you know arch his uh, back whatever to make it look like, you know, sell it for Ray to do that roll up. So that's that's pretty much all I remember. This match was just that ending. It was a pretty good uh, roll up, I would say. But it still, you know, it made Randy look strong, of course. Uh. You know that's what it, what it is what it is you know as I, I don't remember what I was saying it was eleven minutes and thirty seconds, not matching the might not matching the night, but it was a good match, and then we had Ronda Rousey defeated nine jacks with Amita by submission uh, I did like this match I did call this match of course, I knew well yeah, pretty much gonna do like Ronda or whatever's gonna win you know 'cause like I was saying like bridge she's not gonna lose if she does lose until Wrestlemania. Which you know we'll talk about more but that segment in a bit. Uh this match was pretty good. Uh it was ten minutes, fifty seconds. I mean uh it's good that you got to finish this continuation from like uh nine of champions when they first encountered. Uh it was pretty good how uh, I like that spot where Ronda like pretty much climbed up on nine jacks to get that arm bar. I mean that's pretty of uh, good athleticism. Did you get that word right. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the big spot I liked. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I do believe Ronda Rousey is picking up the game very well. You know, you know people, she's saying green, I mean, but she does have, you know, she's saying, oh, she's picked up the game just as much as Karen uh, Angle, but, you mean, they're both, you know, Olympic, you know, athletes. Of course, they're going to kind of pick up this game pretty well instead of just, like, you know, a newbie at all that has, like, no physical experience at all. You know, so Ronda... Naraz is a good place where she's at right now. Uh then we had Daniel Bryan defeated AJ Styles for the WWE Smackdown Championship. Uh did did enjoy this match. This match went for uh this was the this was the longest match of the night which was 23 minutes and 55 seconds. I did like all the spots. Uh I did uh I did call this match for Danny Bryan to win. I did I do believe this was a good it's a good point for Danny Bryan to still uh keep the title. And obviously and I'll hope uh they keep battling until like WrestleMania. That's that's how far I'm thinking this is gonna keep going. I even like to have like the Miz actually be involved in this. Maybe like a little triple threat or something. Yeah. Uh yeah, definitely enjoy this. It wasn't the match of the night for me, but I mean I did enjoy this match. Then we had uh, Dean Ambrose defeated Seth Rollins in uh, a singles match for the WWE Intercontinental you know, Championship. This was like the second match, lo- second longest match of the night, which for me this is definitely shouldn't have not been that long. I mean, I know they were trying to you know, tell the story the best they could, but I mean, it shouldn't have been that long. You know, it was really slow at times. I think they just can't, should have just came out and brawled. I mean, they are really stretched out the story. But, you know, I can see where they kind of come from as well. Uh, let's see. How do, I don't remember which. I think I voted Seth to win this match. Let me look up my notes. Uh, Nope, nope. Actually picked. Yeah, no, I didn't pick Seth. Yeah, I was wrong on this one. Yeah. So, I mean, because, uh, you know, I didn't really. I don't remember the predictions for this. But, I mean, it didn't really matter either way who won this match. So I'm thinking they're probably going to, like, you know, trade back and forth this title. I'm I'm predicting this feud is gonna probably last till WrestleMania as well. Yeah, uh, I mean this is kind of a um, this is pretty much slow build up for me. I'm thinking this is gonna last until WrestleMania, so I can't really much talk about this much more. So we'll move on to the final match, and if you can, uh, you know, also look back at my predictions from last week. I predicted this was gonna be the match of the night and also the main event. Which was Oscar versus Becky Lynch, the champion of the ta- champion of the match, and Charlotte Flair, triple threat TLC match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I did call this match. I would say Oscar was a dark horse for this. So now I kind of more figure what's looking to go for this. I mean, it was good for uh, Ronda Rousey to come in for that spot where uh, Becky and Charlotte went on top of the ladder. So that kind of you know throws into the mix of. Uh, them three are still, you know, feuding it out. So this, this seems to say that they're just going to focus on them without the title, and have Oscar have her separate thing with somebody. So I'm thinking, this is how I'm going to predict now. How this is currently going. So it may change, you know, at Royal Rumble or whatever. But between you know now and then, WrestleMania, I'm predicting this. The main event WrestleMania it's going to be a triple threat. It's going to be Ronda, Becky, and Charlotte. I uh, don't think it's gonna be for the title. It's uh, well, I may if they do a joint. Maybe it will be for uh, Ronda's title. So maybe, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that if she don't lose, I don't think because I don't think Ronda's gonna drop her title. Or they may screw. I don't know. But. Definitely, definitely a triple threat for sure. It may be for Ronda's title if she's still the champion, but I'm pretty sure she won't lose the championship to WrestleMania. So, yeah, that's that's what I'm predicting right now. But yeah, I did feel this current storyline. I definitely, I definitely like where this is going. This is definitely the match of the night for me. I did like all the spots. I definitely liked that uh, table spot when uh, Becky jumped onto Charlotte. That looked pretty brutal. A lot of people look at her on the uh, podcast or the web. They was Know, really, really, uh, bocce, whatever, but I mean, it's, you know, it's wrestling, it's not gonna be 100% choreographed safe, you know, you know, people pay to, like, you know, see a TLC match, you know, people are gonna get hurt, but I did enjoy this match overall, this wasn't a match of a night for me, it was a good show for the ladies, ladies that worked out, worked their ass off for this match, kudos, I am looking forward to, uh, wearing Rumble for sure, and... Uh, if I give this rating overall, I don't. I don't even remember I did this for a Survivor Series. I think I did a one out of five rating as I do for my review reviews and such. That's how I do ratings one through five. Um, uh, it was kind of. This was a long card. There was. I don't know. There was. There was good, more good than bad. Uh. It was a little bit. Of, it was above average. I would a, I would give it a four out of five. It was definitely solid. Definitely the. Uh, you know the main event and the Daniel pretty much the main title matches were the were the end all for me and the crew to wait Yeah, mainly the all main titles Except for this uh, intercardinal one that was dragged drag me drag, down But uh, yeah, give it a four out of five good match definitely uh, Recommend this pay-per-view if you haven't seen this for the WB Network. Check it out and now We're gonna move on to the fourth part of the IGN top 100 anime series and this will be the last part of it i will get this done guys <laughs> so then now we can move on to like a bigger topic or i won't say bigger topic, but like, you know a different subject topic for the coming weeks uh let's see i left off at 25 last week so now we'll go to uh 24. for some reason this website keeps messing me up for some reason it's like all all over the place Okay, 24, and we're going to start off with a show that I actually know. <laughs> I know it's so far this, uh, if y'all have been keeping up, it's been, I mean, there's been a lot of these that, I I mean, I mean, there's been more that I knew than not, I mean, there's been, you know, hits that I have no idea what those shows were, but this one I do know, very love, and this 24 is uh, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, which uh, networks as CBS, which, I don't know why, that's weird for, that's saying CBS, but it says original air date 1969 1970 <clears> i was reading the article then i'll put my take on it it says uh welcome to the cartoons first pro central and this uh, that's in like that word is like in quotation marks uh saying there have been a ton of scooby-doo cartoons over the years uh, but this was it scooby-doo where are you as commission mark uh saying was the one that had the gang solving crimes in the mystery machine chasing ghosts and revealing them to be old old crusty con- conjurers and masks. this was before all the Scooby-Doo movies that featured guest stars like Don Knotts and Batman question mark <laughs> which I do remember that. that was a good that was a good episode it was like the OG Batman with like the blue tight or blue cape and uh, gray great tights or black tights whatever it was like black and great whatever anyway <laughs> Say, this was the show where they changed the world by tackling the tough cases that no one else could crack. Their van would break down, and then they all learned that whatever it was they managed to get stranded had a ghost problem. Uh, then Fred would have a, the brilliant idea of splitting up the gang to look for clues, in which he always send the two pothead cowards, Shaggy and Scooby, <laughs> off together. Uh, then... Then they set up a trap for the fake monster. Then they pull off the master reveal. It was really old man Weather's slash Snitter slash Maloney, you know, etc etc And then they were trying to scare people away from the land so they can buy it cheap. And of course, I would have gone away with it if it hadn't been for your mailing slash snooping slash pesky, etc etc kids. I'm just, I'm just, I am just et cetera, et cetera. But anyway. Uh, it says, was there a formula to do or formula to it question mark damn straight just like there is for CSI and NCIS and we wouldn't have it any other way yeah I did enjoy this show I mean like it I was well, I was going but it already you know it's pretty much described the top part of this article I was going to talk about there is there was like a different I wouldn't say spin-offs but I'm like I'm saying like different versions of this of Scooby-Doo you know like a pub named Scooby-Doo uh the, you know the part where they were just shaggy and scooby and then the scrappy and their own little side story or i wouldn't say story but side series and then the, uh uh was that Miss? and then what that was that last new series whatever the mystery incorporated that was pretty interesting as well and then that they're still continuing like a fuck ton of movies like i think there's like at least two two movies i haven't seen yet i'll still keep up with the i still keep up with the series. Somewhat, at least the movies. I think the last movie I seen was like the one with Kiss. I don't think that was two years ago. But anyway, I love this series. It's definitely a throwback. I like how they never really changed their clothes. I mean, they do the art style. They changed the art style a little bit. I do, you know, because back then, you know, this show, you know, they have like just their eyes, for instance, is like just you know black, and then like uh, I would say it was between. This one, this show in Mystery Incorporated, I think it's just Rigor, Scooby-Doo, whatever, but they actually, you know, actually have their eyes fucking detailed, you know, actual colors and shit. <laughs> but it's pretty funny how they said potheads. i mean, like, it's the 60s, of course, you know, they're potheads. But, like, I don't even know, it was, like, I didn't even ask my parents, I'm like, was really scarves, like, the big deal back in the 60s? I mean, you know, cause, you know Daphne wears that scarf, and then uh, Fred wears that handkerchief. So, but, nonetheless... Yeah, I do love this show. I have watched this ever since a kid. Definitely recommend this show. If you have not seen it, I don't know where you've been. <laughs> and then we move on to 23 uh, Transformers Network Syndicated original uh, air date 1984 1987. Uh, let's, let's see this article. It says more than it meets the eye. Transformers robots in disguise. Those in quotation marks. It says the mighty Autobots, robots who transform to cars and trucks, take on the evil Decepticons. Has there ever been a show that's more tailor-made for young boys? Question mark. There have been numerous uh, iterations of the animated series over the years, but here at IGN, our favorite will always be the original 1980s cartoon. Yeah, because before I read the rest of this article, yeah, uh, I did watch. Not, I didn't see this variation. I watched like a. An update, I say, like, a, a, I think a 90s one, whatever. And that one was all right. I don't, I don't, I like the movie. I like the live-action movies better than this actual show. But i read the rest of the article. It says, uh, viewed 23 years after it's debuted, the Transformers is hardly what we would call great television. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh it says the stories are fairly simplistic and repetitive, consisting of very variations of the same storylines, with many of the same beats occurring time and time again. But as kids, we certainly weren't troubled by how many times Megatron would yell Decepticons retreat (laughs) or spike and Bumblebee would get into trouble or that the fight scenes are, well, kind of lame, actually. But just enjoyed seeing dry robots change into other things and then fight each other. That was pretty much, like, the 90s version of that, too, what I believe. I was saying, yeah, I didn't really care for it. Uh, I like the live-action movies better. But, yeah, it's... It's about average. I mean, like, pretty much says it. Like, you like giant robot fangs, then that's your take on it. I mean, it's also pretty gaming you for if you haven't seen any of the live-action movies as well. So, yeah, that's my take on it. Uh, then we move on to 22, The Real Ghostbusters Network, ABC. Your original air date, 1996-1991. Uh, I can tell you straight up, I have not seen the show. I have seen the movies. <laughs> I have not seen the female one that recently came out which I know a lot of people are hating on that, but I'm not going to get into that subject. So, uh, The article on this says, there's a part of us that actually appreciates the real Ghostbusters more than the actual Ghostbusters movies. Well, certainly the second movie anyway. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are hating on the sequel. Uh, it says, don't get us wrong, the first movie was classically hilarious, but the real Ghostbusters just told some really mean and nasty supernatural stories their uh, take on the boogeyman and we all know that everyone has their own take on that creature was the best we ever seen this show had a notably darker tone than other cartoons on, the, on at the time and did well the, in research in its research of creature myths and folklore most of the time like on the cw show supernatural uh vincomen i don't know personally right but it says that, and then uh stance uh, spingler and winston could often be found Thorkling I think that's the word. <laughs> Famously uh diabolical creatures Samhan, Grundel, uh Tamat, Marduk, Russian uh, d <laughs> and even the freaking love crap beast uh Kaluthu. that says they all fell to the power of the real Ghostbusters Estimation Mark. Interesting note that original voice of Venkamot was old uh, Ronda Voice actor Lorenzo's music, who was also the voice of uh, Garfield for 12 years. Oh, interesting. And who did, and who did they get to do the voice for Garfield in the movies in order to echo the old Lorenzo music dry tone? Bill Murray. Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. I uh, didn't see this show. Uh, I think, I don't know there's another variation in the show, but I did see, I don't know, probably an episode or two at the most for this show, and, and I didn't really care for it. I like. For this one, and same with Transformers, I would just rather go see the movie. The movie is a test of time. For the new movie, all women cast. I don't know because I didn't watch it, but I heard you know mixed reviews about that. But I'm just saying, if you're trying to get into Ghostbusters, I would rather watch the uh, live action movie instead. Then we move on to 21 Star Wars Clone Wars 2003 TV series. Okay, we just said earlier there talk about the TV or talk about Star Wars. But it says, uh, the network, Cartoon Network, original air date 2003-2005. I did see this show. Uh, I can, <laughs> I'm just briefly looking at this uh, article. I can already tell you that uh, I watched this. Uh, I definitely watched this when it first came out. It was it, it was very short. Like, it's saying this this article here was like 12, 15 minutes. And only, the show, like, segments here was only like 12, 15 minutes. But I remember it only being like five minutes. And maybe it started out five minutes at first and then went to twelve fifteen minute segments, but I definitely remember it, or definitely remembering like this is a very short series In the episodes. But okay, this is what it says in the article. It says not to be confused with the new CGI series which has the in front of the title. Like I was saying, that's what we talked about earlier. Uh, it says It says Clone Wars debuted in 2003 on Cartoon Network as a series of three-minute shorts. There you go. Then it says eventually extended to 12, 15-minute segments. See, I thought I was right about that. It says the goal of this unique format was to dwell into the specifics of those famous uh, Taito battles. First mentioned in the original Star Wars, long dreamed about and imagined by fans worldwide, and finally seen on the film at the end of the Attack of the Clones in 2002. It says, or at least the very beginning of the Clone Wars was d- uh, depicted in the f- in that film. It would be up to the animator Gennady Trabatovsky, which you know he also did uh, a Samurai Jack, and his team to really show us what was really or what was going on during the most famous conflict in Star Wars history. It says generally regarding as actually being better than the live-action prequel films. Trabashovsky. I'm just gonna <laughs> butcher his last name every time. His all-too-brief series fleshed out of the characters, amped, amped up the actions and the visual style, and played homage to the best aspect of George Lucas' creation. For all the perceived faults of the modern Star Wars films, *Trevor *Clone Wars* prove that the franchise can soar when in the hands of the creative team that truly gets it and loves it. Yeah, like I was saying, uh, it starts as a short series, and I guess it extended out. Uh, I just remember this whole thing being short in general. Uh, I did remember all these classic characters? I remember this one girl character in there. She was definitely, you know, definitely not human. I be- I remember she was like red or red or orange something like that. I remember that character. uh It was entertaining nonetheless. I mean, I really didn't get into Star. I mean, I knew the concept of Star Wars, but really, I didn't really actually watch the Star Wars movies until like twenty fourteen. Honestly. I just never watched it like i never watched it until like the what was it uh the rise star wars the rise of the force or something like that whatever that the first new i wouldn't say reboot but uh continuation of star wars and then i then i just like started watching all the old star wars all the previous six star wars movies and that's how i knew it i mean this were all parodies from like you know other cartoons i mean i pretty much already knew the story of star wars uh, even from this, I mean, I kind of like knew, you know, Darth Vader's, you know, the evil dude, whatever. He's, you know, Luke Skywalker's father. I mean, I already knew all this shit. I didn't have to watch fucking two to three hours of a movie, each movie, to actually you know the whole story. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're a Star Wars fan, I mean, you can knock this shit pretty quickly since it's short segments. Uh, I definitely recommend the show. And we go to number 20 Justice League Unlimited. Uh, we did talk about uh Justice League in the earlier part, I believe. Uh, this is a show I did watch. Uh the network was with Cartoon Network and original air in two thousand one, two thousand six. I uh, just read the article and then I'll get from my thoughts about it. It says uh, after years of jokes about the old super friends cartoons, like I was saying, yes yeah, we talked about the old super friends. Like this is this is this is the model of why I started watching this. <clears throat> it says and more than one aborted attempt at filming a live-action version of DC Comics' famed Justice League. The greatest heroes of that universe were finally banded together by the mighty power of animation guru Bruce Timm, as abbreviated, uh, the Bat- Batman the Animated Series, uh, E.T. or E.T. I uh, saying E.T.A.L. I don't know about that. But it says it was almost too much for a fanboy to hope for, not just incorporating the Bats and super- the Superman seen in their previous Tim produced series, but also bringing the core group of Martin, Manhunter, Wonder Woman, The Flash, Green Lantern, and Hawk Girl, several of whom were new to the modern world of animation. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I didn't, I didn't see Super Friends or the. But I did watch a little bit of the Batman animated series, and I probably, you know, definitely reruns of the Super Friends. I definitely didn't care for that because that would look like it didn't stand. It didn't stand for the test of time. But as I'm as I currently watch the. Uh, uh, this Justice League movie, I, I definitely enjoyed it. But, okay, here's the rest of the article. It's saying the show basically rocked, and for first two years it was known simply as Justice League, but for the, its final three seasons it morphed into Justice League Unlimited and expanded its space roster of seven to cycle on a multitude of DC heroes, with the main players still getting their fair share of screen time too. It was saying uh, 50 characters appeared in the first episode alone? Wow, I don't remember that. Huh. I remember there was a lot of them, though, throughout the whole s- franchise series. But it says, saying the tone of the revamped series. Standalone episodes and arc storylines were mixed together, including epic battles against a government organization called Project uh, Chemist, and in the final season against the Secret Society, aka the Legion of Doom. Huh, of course. Great, great stuff for even non comic book fans. Oh, yeah, definitely enjoy this. I mean, yeah, even if, you know, for me, like, I didn't watch it or didn't read any of the comics still haven't to this day definitely definitely enjoy this i like i like superheroes i like i like was watching this series before you know you know all this marvel and dc movies are coming out now i definitely enjoy this how this was i mean i actually like some of this more series than that fucking uh, batman vs. superman movie <laughs> but uh yeah definitely definitely recommend this movie i mean just definitely recommend this show for sure if you're into dc comics then we move to 19, G.I. Joe. Network, syndicated, original air date, 1985, 1986, and 1989 to 1981. Uh, I can tell you I have not seen this show, but I have seen uh, the the live-action movies. But, I mean, I pretty much know this concept. But, <clears throat> as the article says, it says, Yo, Joe, Cobra. You know, quotation marks, exclamation mark. It says, Now I know, and knowing it's half the battle, exclamation mark. Uh, says if nothing else this series gave all children of the 80s plenty of iconic battle cries and proclamations. pro yeah pro, proclamations uh, saying one of several toy expired animated series of the era GI Joe was the most entertaining of the bunch thanks to the many fun characters the toy line provided even the things that were silly about while wow, those Cobras sure could parachute out of any plane they were in that was shot down huh it says are somewhat uh, daring, and while this isn't a show known for its gritty realism, obviously, uh, it says there were some blisteral strange, and interesting uh, occurrences or currencies. As we followed the Joe and Cobras through weather domination, the creations of the Clone Emperor uh, Serpentor, says a trippy uh, journey into the alternate reality uh, Baronos Baronoses. So I think it's Baroness and Steeler in Love quotation marks. It says, and of course the musical bliss of Cold Slither. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't I? I think I've seen this on TV, but obviously I haven't. I didn't really sit down and watch this series. i have more of watched the uh, the live action movies, and then there was a pretty. Uh, you know, we talk about the other sh- uh, the 25th. You know, countdown on this the robot chicken. They had a they had a funny, pretty uh, parody episode of GI Joe. I would recommend that. <laughs> seeing that, uh, I remember the toy line. I mean, it's pretty much just this show was just skyrocketing their toy sales. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure this was like num- number one toy thing for boys back then in the in the 80s. So uh, I'm pretty sure it uh, was good for that. Uh, I would probably have to look back on this to watch it myself to get a good rating on it. And then we have 18 DuckTales, a show I have seen. Network syndicated, original heritage, 1987, 1990. You know, like I just currently know, they actually rebooted the series. I have not seen the new series yet. But as this article says, it says, We all know that Scottish people are cheap, right? <laughs> Question mark. It says, Well, so are Scottish ducks. <laughs> and due to their uh, sped ways, they're able to amass great fortunes to swim around their vaults filled with gold coins, which I do not recommend do that in real life. Just go ask Peter from Family Guy. <laughs> uh says, uh And even though they uh, have uh miserly names like Scrooge, their hearts are still big enough to take in their great nephews when their nephew's other uncle, Donald, has off to join the Navy. Oh, is that what it was? I knew that, you know, Donald was, you know, their... Uh, Uncle. I mean, that explains you know, Donald's get-up. He was actually in the Navy. It uh, says, this was uh, Disney's first syndicated animated theory series and paved the way for other hugely successful shows like Tailspin and Dale Rescue Rangers, which, you know, that Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers was earlier in the list. It says, and even created two spinoffs, uh, Dark, Darkwing Duck and Quack Pack, which, uh, you know, we know uh, Dar- Darwin Duck. I don't... I remember Darring Duck, but I don't remember the quack pack. But it says Disney made... Yeah, it's not on Disney, but it says nowhere syndicated when I just say Disney. I mean, that's where I watched it from from was when Disney, the Disney Channel. But it says uh, Disney made the smart move of taking classic characters like Scrooge McDuck and Bo Lu from The Jungle Book and giving them a late 80s reboot. All this only leaves us with one question. Where were Huey, Dewey, and Louie's parents and why did they keep... Uh, getting bounced around from uncle to uncle that is a good question maybe they uh, answer that in the new series reboot because <laughs> they have fucking four kids like parents are like fuck y'all <laughs> I don't know uh, I did uh, did, put this series alone I did enjoy it a lot uh, it was like one of the actual uh, Disney cartoons I watched as a kid that wasn't really you know your, your typical uh, side-owned stories from like Disney movies such as you know uh, Aladdin and Hercules for example but uh, I did enjoy this show. Definitely recommend it. Definitely, I need to watch. You know, if I have kids. I'm definitely gonna like watch the reboot of this. Then seventeen, the Animaniacs. You know, which uh, that was it, Pinky the Brain was early in this list. I mean, this is pretty much in their universe. Uh, says the network uh, WB was is one of others. And original air date nineteen ninety three to nineteen ninety eight. Says filled with off the wall comedy and numerous parodies per episode. Anim- Animaniacs appeal to kids and adults alike. Uh, port uh, Porterly telling the story of the original Warner Brothers. Yakko uh, and Wacko and the War- and the Warner sister Dot. Animaniacs episode were made up of three mini episodes, each featuring different characters. The second. Cartoon produced by Steven Spielberg and Warner Brothers Animation, the first being Tiny Toon Adventures. Animaniacs was in, <clears throat> was in many ways a throwback to the slapstick and cartoon violence of cl- uh, classic tunes like Looney Tunes. It says, much like other animated Warner Brothers series during the 90s, Animaniacs was access- accessible to children but contained a level of sizuacated humor and older references that only adults would enjoy. It says, the series had the feel of a vintage Verity show with running gags and catchphrases galore from Yakov's uh, Grucho Marquis, Good Night. I, I don't know what that is. It says, oh, good night, everybody. I, oh, okay. Like, Marquis, like their catchphrase, whatever. Tawako's to, uh, to uh, Fabu. Ask Mishmart. Other catchphrase I guess. Two characters became so popular they got their own spin-off series, Pinky the Brain, which I was just saying earlier, which that was early in the list. Uh, I don't remember this show. I definitely remember even as a kid that, you know, there w- I definitely knew that there was some, like, adult humor in this. <laughs> and it was funny that he lived in the uh, actual Warner Brothers, like, water tower, I believe. And they actually had, like, a movie as well. I think it was, I think, like, an hour-long movie. I think it was called Wacko's Wish. Like, it's not even this article. I mean, just, I just remember, that's how much I remember this series. So they actually had their own movie. Different, I definitely recommend this uh, show. Actually... I, 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 and if you don't have time for the show, just watch the movie. The movie is good as well. Uh, then we have 16, The Max, two, two X's. Uh it says, Network MTV, Indoor air date 1995. Well, i just tell you all the bad. I have not watched this show, but I'm just looking at this fucking thumbnail for this show. It looks weird as fuck. Uh, it's saying, <clears throat> like a little psycho drama with your superhero escaped or escape patties question mark or perhaps you like a little hero action in your poetic melodramas? it says based on the comic by sam keith the max often kept the frame by frame references intact and in most cases move the characters very little if even at all there's a lot of emotional turmoil and damage caused by physical assault Get some water here and it says we haven't seen any show that uh, damage as much of a voice as the max the max and all of its glory allow for grief rage guilt and despair as we follow the supernatural after effects of the attack and rape of Julia Winters oh shit this is dark <laughs> it says Julie's own personal desire to feel whole again causes her to create an inner psychological landscape called the Outback where she rules as a jungle queen the Max might be the hero and protector of Julie's outback subconscious conscious, but in the real world, he's as confused, homeless, and drifter. Both of them live in a state of denial that might become their own undoing. That is, <clears throat> that is if they're not done in the first by the sa- sadist uh, Mr. You hmm. might say that I've got a problem with women. There's a question of oh, quotation marks in that sentence. It says gone. Uh the Max was part of NTV's uh Audities program back when N T V was interested more in art than commerce. <laughs> yeah. Uh this show looks weird as fuck. I don't know. Probably I would say probably didn't even test just looking at this thumbnail, probably didn't even test not even gonna test the time. Uh probably watch a trailer for this, I guess, just to see what this is. But uh yeah, it doesn't for right now it doesn't look like I'm even gonna have injuries even watching this show. It looks I mean just on the it looks it's pretty dark. I mean it should rape thing. Damn. That's from the nineties. Mid nineties. Then we have fifteen, which is an OG Nickelodeon show. SpongeBob SquarePants, Resort Air Day, nine to present to present. Which uh I think it was last week. It was really last week or the week before that uh, actually the creator of Spongebob died recently, so we a piece of him because this is actually one of the iconic shows that I watched. And I still watched. I always want to say it's still this day, but I mean, uh, I think it was. I, think I haven't watched the show in like a year. But it's still going. I think it's in its 20th season right now. 20th or 21st. I know it's more than 20, 20 seasons. I mean, it could start from 1999 to, not, to present. Of course, it can be that long. I mean, it's like this show and... Uh, fairly odd parents, which I don't know if it's on this list, but it's like the two pretty much uh, cartoons or yeah, cartoon shows that I've watched in a good Uh moving to this article. It says no matter what your age group is, you like SpongeBob. <laughs> you just do. It's true that a lot of the newer cartoons have thrown in a ton of jokes for daddy in order to make their ad uh Dazium. Uh, viewing by children slightly more tolerable, but Spongebob found the absolute perfect balance whether you're 4 or 40 <laughs> You can find joy in the show oftentimes Spongebob will actually win out in the battle over there's nothing good to watch on TV right now Essentially, it's about an idiot s- servant and an idiot aka Spongebob and Patrick <laughs> And their uh, knuckle-headed escapist down in the Sea Town Bikini Bottom This show is not meant to be held under a microscope, as there is not a single thing that actually makes any connection with logic or actual aquatic science. That is true fact. (laughs) But it sure is fun to behold. I mean, you can't take this show seriously at all. It's a cartoon. It says all SpongeBob wants to do is catch jellyfish in his jellyfish net and work as a burger chef at the Crusty Crab and make Krabby Patties. Uh, He divides his time equally between inadvertently infuriating his next door neighbor and co-worker squidward and suffering giant panic attacks about everyday life occurrences his he's a tremendous case study in both the easily annoying annoying and the easily annoyed yeah this show is deadly for stoners i can tell you that it just, i mean it's as it says it's, it's for any age man i mean you cannot get enough of it i mean I want to say for really old people well, But yeah, I've been saying 4 to 40 is basically a good age group for this Especially at this time frame Because I mean, I was a kid for this But I mean, if You know, the 40 now They were my age So and Then you know, typical stoners Watching the show I mean, you definitely have a good time Watching the show You just, you know You, you know, you're not, you're not watching You know, any good shows You know, your, your typical Game of Thrones shows not on, whatever You want to throw a classic cartoon You know This is on the cable TV You can watch this at like, any time Definitely, definitely highly recommend this show. They also have, uh, I think, two movies. Two or three movies. Uh, Spongebob. I definitely recommend those movies as well. And then uh, 14 on the list. It has Cowboy Bebop Network. Cartoon Network. Original air date, nineteen ninety nine, not or 1998 to 1999. Wow, it was only one year. I have seen this show. Uh, I mean, this is an anime show. Which uh, man, I knew it was all... I think it was on the uh, what you call it, uh, tsunami thing from Saturdays. I, did, I thought it was all longer than a year, but we'll get to the let's get to the article. It says this un- uh, unique series combines various genres and musical styles. Yeah, I do remember the music, music thing for this. Producing a very original and arguably one of the best anime set in the late 21st century, Cowboy Bebop follows a group of bounty hunters as they travel in their spaceship, the Bebop. The series' wonderfully animated action sequences from space battles to martial arts fighting scenes are set to most American music, including rock, jazz, and heavy metal. It says most episodes follow the Bebop's crew as they hunt down criminals wanted by authorities, but the, uh, the series smartly intermixes flashbacks and details of the crew's past, providing a strong, overarching storyline for the series. The main character is Spike uh, Spigel is a bounty hunter with a dart pass and he's formerly worked for a violent crime syndicate syndicate each episode pulls equally from such desperate genres as spaghetti western films nor and 1970s cop shows uh, complete with cowboy slang uh, f- uh, says femi's fim- fairy tales and chase scenes that are perfectly mixed together in a way to make a completely fresh and unique series yeah i thought the series was a longer than just just a year I mean it's, and, and I know knew like when I I go to a list and I watch the like new animes to watch or like tuck a rank list of anime, like I would be was like the top series and it's you know, it's only a one year long series, so I don't know what's the deal for that. And even there's like a different like a cartoon it's not the same it's the same kind of concept kinda, of, but it's like a more adult cartoony version of this kind of thing. It's called Space Dandy. Which I think it's not know that's still I don't continue with that show but I know it had like two seasons on Adult Swim or Adult Swim uh, Toonami whatever but yeah I definitely recommend this show I remember watching this as a kid I couldn't really like grasp on it but I do remember this This is like one of the space space shows you know robot things whatever I definitely recommend this show if you haven't seen it I would definitely kind of watch this back actually since I don't know, I remember it was more, like adult theme for sure dark dark show then we have 13 X-Men Network Fox Reservoir Air Date 1992 1997. I uh, did see this show like a couple of shows. I see more of the uh, uh, updated X-Men, but well, let's get into the article. See what's gonna it will pretty much cover my uh, overall on it. It says well, other animated series based on the comic books had adapted specific stories before the 1992 X-Men series. Yeah, this is, I think this is the series I actually watched more than that tonight, 2-1. It says, uh, It gets a lot of credit for making much bigger, overreaching attempt to translate some of the most iconic and popular comic stories of all time and letting them play out over multiple episodes from the Dark Phoenix Saga to Days of Future Past. Some of the most beloved stories in X-Men history were touched upon here. In a show that used long-term... Uh serialization and the matter most Saturday morning cartoons typically avoided meanwhile beyond the core cast of characters based around the lineup seen in the early early 90s comics and amazing selection selections of X-Men from throughout the comics history made appearances on the series including of the moment characters such as cable and the then modern versions of X factor for the first time Marvel Comics fans Truly felt like they were seeing the stories they love play out on television and those who grew up with the series Have fond memories to this day and eternal hopes for proper season set DVD releases Okay And then well, we have number 12 which is Ren and Stimmy uh, Network Nickelodeon Radio air date? 991 I have uh, Seen this show uh, it was weird as fuck. Uh, I personally did not like this show. I mean, there's a lot of adult humors in this show, but uh, we'll get to the uh, article and see from there. It says, "Who might have thought that a series featuring a athletic Chihuahua and a mental midget of a Mac, Max Cat and uh, or, yeah, they said uh, yeah, mental midget of a Max Cat could." Provides so many gut-ripping laps. Well, anyone actually <laughs> who's familiar with uh, animation, long relationship with uh, antro-thromanic, mythic animals. It says, Cremated, created by John Cariffel-Aussi. What's all these people's last names, man? I can't pronounce. It says, for, the, for his uh, Spum, Spumaco, Spumco, Spumco? <laughs> weird word. International Cartoon Studio. The show began life on N T V before being sold to ship. where Krivolovsky and the no- network soon came to lodge their heads over the series' violence as well as reportedly the anim- animators' many mini- missed deadlines. Huh. But the show's subversive humor appealed to audiences and even after uh, Krivlovsky was fired from his own show Oh, wow. It says, Ren and Stimpy continue for three more seasons. Huh. I wonder what he got fired for. It says, eventually, the creator of the pair returned for Spikes TV's Ren and Stimpy's adult party cartoon in 2003. What? <laughs> it says, which featured a more overly adult edge, but the series was canceled a month after it debu- debuted says with uh Kronoski's deadline problems again coming to play, a shame really because we always love to see some serious rendered violence. I go, out, I guess that's why he probably got fired because he kept missing the deadlines. Yeah, um, I know this show isn't uh, it's not a show for me, but it's probably for like a certain select people. Just it's not for me. It's definitely a lot of definitely a lot of adult humor. It's, uh, it's just not my kind of cup of tea, I'd say. But I mean give it a shot. Can't go wrong with it, I guess. If you cup. uh, let's see. Okay, I gotta update this article because it just said let's go from the descending order, but it, it didn't. I'm trying to get back to it. I uh, no. <clears throat> the way they set up, the, set up this page, is really weird. So now I gotta go. It's not like it started over back to the fucking. Okay, here we go. Go back. Okay, well. Okay, number 11. We got here. Uh, it says Rocky and Boy and Cool. Did see this show. Uh, Network NBC, which uh I didn't, wa- I didn't watch on NBC, but it was saying uh, The Air Date 1959 to 64. This is an old ass cartoon. Uh, but I mean, I watched it on, I believe it was a Cartoon Network. When it picked it up, I guess. Uh, let's see. I'll read the article and go from there. Yeah, it says the the Rocky and Bullwinkle show deserves an honest spot in the in uh, the annals of America animation history for being the first animated series to purposely appeal to both adults and children. Huh. Kids love the wacky car- uh, characters and crazy situations, while adult uh, adults picked up on the additional layer of comedy just for them, and puns and topical references. Yeah, I don't remember that because I was a kid, so I don't remember any adult things for that. <laughs> it says, At, uh, actually, two separate series have premiered in 1959 on M- ABCs as Rocky and his uh, friends and changed titles to the, uh, the Boy Uncle Show and when it moved to NBC in, the, in 1961, the Rocky and Boy Uncle Show consisted of rather limited choppy animations but more than made up for that with uh, memorable characters and clever humor. Aside from Rocket J. Squirrel and Boyinkle J. Moose, other classic characters introduced on the series include uh, Boris Bandoff, Natasha Faitel, Doogly Do-Right, Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Rocky and Boywinkle also introduced many chil- children to humorous takes on famous fairy tales, fables, nursery rhymes, and poems in the segments Fractured Fairy Tales, A Soap and Sun," and Boy Uncle's Corner, which, I don't know any of those. <laughs> but I do remember the uh, those side characters, especially the Mr. Peabody and Sherman, they just had, like, a you know, recent anime movie of their own, like, I don't know, like late 2010s, whatever. That's, it wasn't too long ago. And I do remember the, uh, the Rocky and Boyd had, like, a live-action movie. That was, I think, early, maybe early 2000s. That show was, I mean, that movie was all right as well. I wouldn't say it stood up the test of time when I remember, but it was all right nonetheless. Uh don't remember I just I just remember s- some of this. I mean it I would say it probably test like I would say this show probably test the test of time from like now. I would have to go back and watch it to see if it actually did, but I do remember this show. And I do not even know it that old. But yeah, if you haven't seen this show, I definitely recommend it to watch. And now we get into the last top ten of the IGN Top 100 anime series. We're almost there, people. <laughs> Uh, so we're starting out with Neon Genesis uh, Evangelon uh, Just look at this I already know it's an anime It says network was it, it was on Cartoon Network Original air date 1995-1996 uh, They'll probably explain Why I haven't seen this <laughs> Uh it says If you were to ask the Anime fanta- fanatics Here at IGN What our favorite anime series Of all time would be it Would be Answer Neon Genesis uh, Evangelion. Evangelon. Evan Why you ask? Be- because no other anime series has been able to capture attention with an intellect adult sci-fi series that borrows heavily from religion, psychology, and physiology. It says while somehow uh meshing it with a against, <coughs> against running teenage characters which have become a stable of the genre. The main premise of Evangelion. Evan follows your uh, young Sinjai akiri as he is forced to deal with the awkwardness of maturity his daddy issues <laughs> and uh, alienation and while being placed in charge of a gigantic robot combat machine that is necessarily to fight off evil invading angels oh well staying introspective the series uh, prefers to analyze the pain of sinjai and other Children like him, rather than creating a spectacle out of the Virindi sci-fi plot. While the show is certainly complicated and the ending is less than stellar, the bulk of the series has set a benchmark in anime program which has yet to be surpassed. Hmm. Yeah, if, uh, I don't, I can't. I mean, it's another space anime. I mean, that was like that was a big thing in the '90s for sure, man. It's fucking sci-fi shit. I mean, nothing wrong with it. I'm just saying, there was a lot of it. Uh like I said I basically can't put my thing on I'm pretty sure I did not see the show I mean it kind of sounds familiar but I mean I, I only once one year so I'm guessing it was only one season yeah don't don't really know the show I mean just a thumbnail it looks pretty good I mean just by this thumbnail the art style from the 90s it looks pretty good I would rather you probably look back on this let's just see if there's like a trailer for this since you know in the top 10 why not look at a trailer I'm gonna based off of myself. I'm trying to copy and paste this title. Let's see. Let's uh let's see Oh, it looks like it's on Netflix too. I'm just looking in on YouTube. Hmm it's a theoretical trailer. It's got 101k views. Oh, there's a Netflix trailer, it's like a minute long. Let's let's play this and see. Let's play this and uh, get a feel on it. Uh, I don't mind the sound, it's not coming out of this. That's weird. Let me try to refresh. Okay, I don't know why it's. I don't know why I'm not getting out any sound for this. let technical to go difficulties for you. Let's try this Thiruganakku trailer. Yeah, I'm not. Get, wow. Maybe. Oh, stupid. <laughs> I got the uh, mute bar on the top of the thumb tab. Wow. Okay, now I go back to the Netflix. Okay, this is a Netflix feature trailer. Oh, it's actually three weeks ago okay so it looks like they're just now gonna put it on netflix so let's tra- look at this trailer well let's get, some- let's get some volume on this all right all right guys now we're gonna restart. it now here's the trailer Yeah, that looks that looks good this is only on netflix hmm. i mean that <laughs> that theme music is just like building up to that yeah that looks like something i'm going to check out on netflix i'm gonna binge watch that okay <clears throat> uh, let's see that's pretty cool i can catch up without actually trying to like browse it on the uh, internet on an anime on an anime website cool I just the watch advent it of internet streaming and simulcat hey right. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> We're done with your trailer. Okay. Uh. Okay. Now we will go to number nine. The Flintstones a show. I have just I have seen. It says network ABC. Where's your air date? Nineteen sixty, nineteen sixty-six, which is you know around the uh, the Jetsons time frame, and I guess the Bo- uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle show too. Uh. what I mean I watched it on the Cartoon Network when it picked it up. I guess. See, uh, we'll look up a see an article based off of that it says in uh, nineteen sixty, Hanna Barbera Productions broke the animation mold and launched the cartoon into primetime glory. The tune previously occupied the only the realm of kiddie programming hours with the arrival of the Flintstones. However, the path was paved for such eventual success stories of the uh, Simpsons and Family Guy. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, says You know the drill working class hero Fred Flintstone spends his days making a buck at a <laughs> the Bronto crane operator. That's what it was. I remember he's a crane operator. But I don't remember what it was called It says a slate rock and gravel company uh, Dearly in love with his barefoot and eventually pregnant wife Wilma Well, I mean they're all were barefoot so uh, Fred lives next door to his best friend the dim-witted party Rubble <laughs> and his wife Betty I don't remember him being dumb. Uh, it says, uh, come to think of it, they were all barefoot. I mean, yeah, I was saying they are all barefoot. It says, oh, didn't we mention that the Flintstones is set around the year 10,000 BC? No, not the 1950s. You're thinking of the Honeymooners, which is a completely un- understandable mistake, which I don't mean, I guess that's a show or something, show or movie. It says, regardless to tell, the Fred and his extended family, Pebbles and Bam Bam would join the crew eventually and let's not forget Dino and Hoppy. Who the fuck is that? I don't I remember Dino over hell was, was Hoppy. Oh, I think oh yeah, Hoppy was a uh, Barney's pet. Yeah, they're like their pets. Uh, it says uh held the attention of America for 6 years of original content uh before entering the mortal annals of sinigation a plethora of spin-offs uh movies and specials would also follow like that uh, Flintstone or Flintstones and Jetsons crossover Uh, I think it was yeah movie that I remember that specifically and then there's uh, recently had a movie with the WWE well I don't know I guess I guess I think that's like Vince's thing because like he had all crossover movies with them. like it was first I think it was first with the Scooby-Doo they had two with Scooby-Doo and then it was I guess it was the Flintstones and then the Jetsons yeah I think the Jetsons was the last one I think that was definitely a Vince thing, because <laughs> you know, you know, he's like seventy-seven years old, and like, it was like his TV show, so that makes sense. Yeah, I definitely recommend this show. I watched the live action. I think there was two. I know at least, no I remember two live action Flintstone movies. I remember. I like those as well. As well, and they also didn't. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't mention the alien in this in this show. I think it was named Kazoo or something like that. <laughs> he always pop up like. This frequent times and say what up, dum dum to Fred, something like that. I remember that specifically. So, uh, yeah, definitely remember this show. <clears throat> and then we have number eight. Oh, love this show! Oh, this is a good top ten list so far, except for like the number ten. I mean that trailer, but so far good list. Uh, number number eight, Futurama. Uh, Network. Uh, Comedy Central is your air date. Not tonight. Nine, two thousand three, and two thousand eight to present. Which I mean, it's not really present now because it ended like I think twenty fourteen. I believe nah, something like that. It really, re- it wasn't. Re- it was really recently. Uh, says I just read the article. Go from there. It says the redheaded stepchild of Simpsons creator Matt Groening. What oh, is that real? <laughs> uh, Futurama, another less remains. Always, always a sad. Yeah, the red. Reddit. Okay, I get you. I get you, metaphors. It says, v nevertheless remains near and dear to the hearts of several IGN editors, a futuristic sitcom that was a cross between the Jetsons and the Simpsons. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. But anyway, it's, it's kind of close to that, I guess. It says, The adventurous of the dim-witted Fry, mono eye Leela. Why well, don't you just call her the Cyclops? <laughs> mono eye <Ai. laughs> Drunk and disorderly robot bender. I was like, drunk. I mean, that. Uh, okay, let me just go there. I'm just going to, like, pick apart this article. And it says, uh, and all the rest of the Planet Express crew aren't just often hilarious. They're also loaded with references that will make the average sci fi and genre fan feel smart. And isn't that what life is all about in the end? <laughs> Feeling smart. And it says, uh,. From the darker strains of the earlier episodes suicide booth which is quotation marks uh, to familiar stables the recurring robotic and evil stance of the future the anthology of interesting segments which are futurama's version of tree house of horror uh, ver- various and sundry disembodied heads and right up to the post cancellation resurrection resurrected Adventures that have been making the DTV and Comedy Central rounds lately. Uh, future, uh, I wouldn't say coast. I thought they just ended the right way. But it says, uh, Futurama is, to paraphrase, fry like a party in my mouth and everyone's throwing up. Well, actually, it's better than that. <laughs> yeah, I definitely love this show. I definitely wish this would still be going on like the Simpsons and Family Guy. I mean, it ended... I mean, I'm not going to spoil it for all, but I mean, it, I'm just saying it ended, it, it, the series was a good beginning to end series, and it had like f- multiple movie series, too. I do well, I want to say series, but I'm saying multiple animation movies. And then they had a crossover one with the, crossover episode with the Simpsons, even after the show was already uh, ended. Uh, yeah, I definitely recommend this show a lot. I watched it from when it was on Cartoon Network, and then it went to I, I don't know. I guess, like, Comedy Central, like, bought it. Like, it the last few seasons of it, were like, went to Comedy Central. Which I don't know what the s- issue with that was. But, yeah, definitely recommend the show. I wish the show was still going on. Which, uh, it's probably not going to be on this list because they just they just had this series due last year. It's called, uh, Enchantment. It. It's the same creators as, as the, uh, Futurama, and like it's like a it's like a uh, past or it's like take, it's taken back in the medieval ages. It's had like the, the same art style and everything. I'm watching that shit now. That's a good season. <clears throat> and it's on Netflix. And now we have oh, it's Family Guy. I'm a Family Guy on network Fox. Original air date: nine nine two thousand two and two thousand five to present. Yeah, it's still going on. Wow, they were really high generous for this <laughs> for this show. Uh, it says, this reminds me of the time IGN was making a top 100 animated series list and didn't give Family Guy number one. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, that happened. Uh it says, but you can't complain with making the top 10. Surpassing animated comedy such as Futurama, which that was right below it, or right above this one, I guess. The Flintstones and Scooby-Doo, where are you? Is a hell of a feat And Family Guy Guru Seth MacFarlane Deserves all the credit In the world For making it happen Kicking off strong After the 1999 Super Bowl MacFarlane's Wildly popular series After a Dysfunctional family And their wacky Misadventures Would eventually Prove its power By being cancelled And coming back Even stronger than before Yeah I did hear It like got cancelled like twice But you really Couldn't really tell But it says Now a major Comedy presence Family Guy Has gone from Tenor- allegedly making references to other programs and their uh, manatee gags to now being lampooned in reference itself. And the show deserves it. And we can't think of another TV comedy that creates as many laughs in a half hour as P- P- Peter Griffin and the rest of Quahog. Uh Yeah, the show is pretty funny. I mean, I personally actually like Futurama more than The Family Guy. And even after that I mean they both came on at the same time but yet family guys still have not had any uh, animation movies like anything' really close to like their little Star Wars thing they had the Star Wars trilogy thing that I mean I wouldn't even call that an anime movie thing so this 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 one to keep passing a few dramas behind me like I like this show is all right I mean I'll still watch all the new episodes I'm still currently watching all the new episodes it's still going but if I had to choose between like Futurama and Family Guy, I would choose Futurama any day. And then we have number six, <clears throat> The Tick. Network Fox, original air date, 1994-1996. Uh, I was going to tell off now, I have not seen this show. I mean, I've heard of it. Heard, I know this character somewhat, but I have not seen this show. It's saying, it's a big quotation mark. It says, Spoon, enough said. Probably, but for... Uh, those of you who have never seen The Tick or read the Ben and uh, Loon comic book series that it's based on, you sure missed out on some rich chocolate. Oh, I guess I did. It says, because it was the first great lampooning of the superhero genre. It says, sure, we've read Spider-Ham and Grew the Wonder I haven't seen any of that or read any of that. But they didn't hit the, hit it the nail on the head uh, like The Tick. Combining the comedy steer- steerlings of Mel Brooks, Monty Python, and we we don't know, maybe Emo Phillips. It says the tick was ready to protect the city at all costs. What city? Why? The one with all the ridiculous costume heroes and villains, of course. Like a guy who dressed up like a giant blue tick and yet exhibits no powers or abilities that have to do with ticks. <laughs> or the dude who's got a chair for her face and his name Chairface. What the fuck? <laughs> But the best part of this show was a tick's own personal harebrained heroic, uh rhetoric. Some of our favorites include um, you call Invader. and Is there no end to your oozing? Oh, it's like a, that was like in quotation marks. It says that evil is out of they're making handcrafted mischief for the SWAT meat of <laughs> villainy. And you can't strike a good deal with evil, no matter how much you haggle so that's was like a few I guess catchphrases he would say it says and of course you wouldn't lie to me would you little wooden boy <laughs> what the fuck what was that supposed to be chair face or a bargain chair face yeah uh, I may probably I don't know I'm probably seeing like a clip of this or something on TV but uh, I don't remember the show like at all so it kind of looks like uh, the the Chin from uh, Fairy Eye Parents just blue <laughs> that's probably how I mean, this is a 94 96. I probably Fairy All Parents probably ripped this off from them. And then we have number five, Beers and butted. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Really? I can see the people from IGN. (laughs) I would not put this uh, as the top 10. I mean, probably somewhere in the top 100, but not in the top 10. But nonetheless, I'll continue. Uh, network MTV was air date 1993 93 uh, says the genius of the butthead was that they both shared the simple goals of the common teenage boy to be able to score without actually having to leave the couch or stop eating nachos uh, uh says it was an admirable dream and no one that we could re- all relate to there was something uh, cathartic about watching these two miserable nitwits fail at just about everything they tried to do but still walk away with the feeling that they were both utterly badasses it says even though the show's fans weren't actually delinquents from the fictional town of High- Highland Texas that's also I was bringing this Robert, before I read this I was like oh, I didn't know this show was based off Texas too I think like, because it's kind of, kind of the same art style as uh what uh, <clears throat> Fuck, king of the hill. So they kind of make sense. Need a sip of water here. Get my mouth dry. Okay. It says uh, they all still took the cues from what both Beavers and Butthead thought was cool and what they thought sucked. If Beavers <laughs> and Beers Butthead liked the band, all of a sudden we found ourselves discovering a new appreciation for their music. And Abuse and Butthead thought a band sucked, all of a sudden we started second-guessing our own fandom. <laughs> that says, Mike Judge took real-life Gen X uh, slacker idiocity and put it out there for all of us to love and admire. And uh, as frequent identifiers of every uh, single double uh, interdre, it could be said that Abuse and Butthead started the whole that's-what-she-said craze. Really? Oh, uh, yeah, maybe so. The animation was often crude, but we were still transfixed on the on this parade of stupidity. Yeah, that's a big thing here. <laughs> Again, we we still say that in Texas. I, mean, I don't know everywhere else, but I mean we say that. That's what she said. So then the like they're supposed to be the OG of that phrase. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I don't remember this show a lot. I remember this pretty stupid. I think they actually had a movie too, an animated a movie. But I just remember them just, like, basically on the couch, and they're just watching, like... They actually, like, took, like, live-action cuts of, like, bands and stuff, and they were just, like, pretty much nitpick at it. Pretty much like uh, before reviewers were reviewers from YouTube on music as such. (laughs) But, yeah, I thought it was a stupid show. I mean, they have big, obviously big heads, too. Uh, I mean, it's, it's not for everybody. I mean, we have really dumb humor. I mean, check it out. It was definitely, I mean, for NTV, I would say that's pretty, actually pretty good for them. <laughs> All right, now we move to number four, which is South Park. Uh, definitely like this show. Still watch this show to this day because it's original air date is nineteen ninety seven to present, and it's on Comedy Central. Definitely the pretty much only show, I, well, like animated show I watch on Cartoon o- or uh, Comedy Central. Uh, this is actually a short article, so let's this, do this, this article real quick. Since very few shows, animated or not, have been on for 12 seasons and still retain the relevance and entertainment value of South Park episodes, alternate between sharp, uh, satirical looks at society, to pop culture parodies, to uh, scatological humor, sometimes all within the same half hour. Syndically unafraid to take on any subject, Max Stone and Trey Parker have created a forum for their opinions that... Uh, unfiltered and raw making some of the freshest comedy currently on the air uh yeah this is definitely a good show uh for number four i mean that's kind of that's kind of pushing it <laughs> but i I love, love this love the show i mean I've been watching this uh since like as early as I can remember uh, their big uh, what's uh what it called bigger longer uncut movie that's like in the early or well ninety seven i think i think it was in the nineties maybe it was ninety nine or something that's still tests up to the test of time <laughs> like uh I remember when they first started it was like just random episodes, but now it's like you know how it's saying it's it's pretty much it this reaps up like parodies of like what's going on currently in the, in in America sometimes' world but I mean it's mainly in America like even though oh I'm currently you know this now, this season's still going on. I think it's the twenty second twenty third season right now, <laughs> and the last episode was like talking about fucking Amazon this shit is a full looking hilarious. Definitely recommend this show. They also have video games too, like the like their second Ubi, uh, video game just came out this year. Was it this year or last year? I think it was this year. Uh, their vi- and the, like their video games is like off their uh, art style, the same art style as on the TV show. So I recommend the video games as well if you're a gamer. And we move on to number three, Looney Tunes. Uh, original air date. Uh, it says uh, syndicated theatrical shorts. Okay, I don't know why I give you a time frame. Or why. I don't know why it doesn't give me a time frame. Uh, read the article. It says The show's incredibly fast production schedule allows Parker and Stone to write and produce episodes almost up to day They air uh, something unheard of in the animation genre. Where it normally takes months to produce a half-hour episode of the show's style while looking like stop-motion construction paper cut cutouts. It is animated completely on computers. Sometimes the style even changes to fit the episode's content. It's not just the animated sequences in Season 8's Good Times with uh, weapons and the World Warcraft-style sequences in Season 10's Make Love, Not Warcraft. Okay. Uh, Yeah, definitely this show, I mean, this is OG loot. I mean... I think, like the early two thousand tens they kind of like rebooted this somewhat, but i mean it's, it's on this thumbnail it's like it's like looking from like the original o g looney Tunes um yeah, definitely this is, has a good place where it to be the top ten i mean this these these characters have t- tested the test of time i mean this show has been gone for like three generations it's you know good it's like you know they're Kind of apart from Disney characters like Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck, pretty much you know Daffy and, and Bugs, Bugs Bunny. Yeah, definitely remember this as a kid. Like all the characters in this show, it's definitely for kids and adults. Yeah, definitely recommend this show. If you're not like like I was saying, like if you have seen this show, you're like living under a rock. And then we have a number two, Batman the animated series, which was already been mentioned a couple of times already through this hundred lists. It says network. Fox, release air date, not tonight two not tonight five It's kind of a short paragraph or article, whatever you want to call it. It says, "No matter your sense of humor, political stance, or lifestyle, there bound to be a South Park episode that makes you laugh. Infraids you or just a uh, plain offense, and we couldn't have it any other way." What? Does that doesn't make sense? Yes. Why is it talking about South Park? That's weird. I don't know guys, if you look if you click on the link when I'll put in the episode here, you can you can see like it's talking about it shows it's talking about the Batman Admin series on number two. But then it's saying it has like a South Park article. That's really weird. I don't know. But I mean it's three seasons I mean for Batman to be number two on here, uh I'm gonna kinda kinda argue about that. But I mean uh, I did see the show. I mean of course you love Batman, check it out. And then we have number one the Simpsons, Network, Fox, Richard date 1989 to present. Of course, this would be number one for this IGN. I mean, they could even talk about Simpsons this whole majority of the time on the 100 list. Which is pretty funny, because nowadays, like, people, like, PC, people are, like, making fun of this. Or, not I making fun or, like, hate on this show because of its whole stereotypes. Just like, uh, like there's this Indian character, or I would say former Indian candor on here now, Apu, and then they just, like, got rid of him on the show now because people were, like, seeing about it, that it's too uh, racist, I guess. Well, that's pretty fucked up, but nonetheless, <clears throat> and we'll read this article. It says, currently airing its landmark 20th season. It's more than that now. It says, The Simpsons is a uh, very top topical pop culture icon. The Simpsons is not only the longest-running American anime program, it's also the longest-running American sitcom and is currently tied with Gunsmoke for the longest-running American primetime series. Uh, those records alone don't earn into the top place on its list. However, The Simpsons is also an incredibly funny show that produced more amusing characters and situations than the vast majority of all other American sitcoms. Uh, from its start as Rub Shorts, airing during the Tracy Lemon show, the dysfunctional Simpsons family has been a sharp parody of the middle class American lifestyle. Many fans view the first eight seasons as a series' best, containing such classics as The Creeps of the Raft, One Fish, Two Fish, Blowfish, Bluefish, and, and Mars vs. Uh, the Monorail. But it can be argued that even with a dip in quality from the early seasons, yeah, I could debate on that. So, that The Simpsons remains an entertaining and relevant series and after two ge- decades stays accessibility to both the original fans and a whole new generation of viewers uh, I can kind of agree and disagree with this top 10 at least I mean you know South definitely South Park and Futurama definitely deserve to be on that list but I mean uh, for Simpsons I mean I did watch it for a little bit on the 90s but I mean as soon as like Futurama and Family Guy came out I pretty much turned away from uh, Simpsons I haven't really watched Simpsons since they actually did those crossover episodes with a uh, Family Guy and Futurama, and I watched. I did watch their Simpsons movie though. I think that's like pretty much the big thing that I watched from the Simpsons. I mean, it's not from like you know. I didn't turn away because uh, all the racist things, whatever, as as the people were now saying. It just yeah, it just became less entertainment for me. I've just gone on to watch better shows, but I mean that's. It's, I would say it's still it's 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 still the test of time for sure, and they're probably just still making it. Uh, Still so probably doing it because it's you know breaking record still by keeping it on every week. Or keep still keeping it running anyway. But yeah guys, that is the list. That is the whole top one hundred anime series, the last part. I hope y'all enjoy the top one hundred part series. Uh if y'all like these kind of series I'm doing, just uh you can let me know in my uh my email that I posted in my link here on my uh shows. Uh, some, also you can let me know what other topics you want me to talk about I hope in the next next week I'm really going to have a guest probably one of my mutual friends but uh, yeah guys I'm going to wrap it up here it's already past the, uh, the hour hour and a half I uh, hope you all enjoy this uh, this week's on Topos of the Pod uh, you can be sure to follow my links below help me out subscribe and follow to all of them bitches give us uh, five star reviews on iTunes or wherever you uh See the show at until next time, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your boy DJ Stas. Oh, and one more thing. Uh, yeah, pretty much the next week here is going to be past the holidays. So, I do uh, wish all you and all your families uh, a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. So, until next time, guys, this is DJ Stas. Peace.